Ladies and gentlemen, as we have promised you, Dubai Stars is coming hard for season number two. And for the first episode, we picked one of our favorite stars, it's Zishan. Zishan has been with us from the episode uh, 14 on the season one, but we couldn't take it more than an hour because he was busy, he had his meetings, his dinners, but as he has promised us, he's in Dubai right now and we're gonna be having an amazing episode. Z. Welcome back. Thank you very much. You're a man of your word. You promised and you delivered. 100%. I told you I'd be here. I'm here and I'm looking forward to this. Thank you so much for coming. I'm really looking forward for this episode. Yeah, so, it's going to be good fun. Yeah. Tell us how what's been going on. You've been here for almost a month in Dubai. Uh, well, I've been in around the... I left London. We're now in, what, we January the 8th today. I left London, uh, I think November the 1st or 2nd. Right. And I haven't been back since then. I was in the Maldives for a friend's wedding. Then I came here in Dubai. I was here for a few weeks. Then I was in Pakistan. Uh, then I came back here. My family came here. We had a big vacation for like two, three weeks. Now they've gone back to London. London's in lockdown. I'm not going back. You're staying I'm here. I'm staying around You're here. loving it. Yeah? It's a great buzz, man. It's the only place in the world. Well, on uh, what, I, what I say to everyone is that on the Eastern Hemisphere, so Europe, uh, take out the USA and uh, South America, this side of the world, Dubai is the only place yeah. in the world that life is normal right now. True. And we see all of the tourists, everyone Bro, is, is in this buzzing. city. Yeah. The rates that I saw of hotels this year, I've never seen before in my life. And I've been coming to Dubai. The first time I came here was 21 years ago. So 2000 is the first time that I came to Dubai. I've never seen the hotel rates as expensive as this winter. Not only the rates, brother, it's been everything. The sale for the past 90 days, this quarter, the sales of Dubai are off the roof. Real estate? Seeing the, I know, I know. We're seeing the transactions numbers like every week, we have almost 2.1 billion per week. It's been like that from November. This is no joke. This is like crazy Listen, numbers. I've, I've, I've seen it firsthand because I was looking to make some investments, right, which I ended up making. I looked around, I went to all the different developers, all the different projects, had a look around, everywhere is buzzing. You know, as a, not even as a real estate professional, anybody knows when you walk into an office, whether business is being done or not, Yeah. you know? You know it, you can feel that vibe, you feel that buzz. And when it's a genuine buzz, you feel it in you. The city is booming, no doubt about it. In every crisis, in every, whenever, whenever things shift and things change, Someone emerges as a winner, mm -hmm. right? The order changes. In this crisis, in COVID, Dubai is emerging as the winner. It ended up to be in the best favor of Dubai. Everyone yeah. is in here. Take us back, Z. Like, compare what you're seeing today mm -hmm. to the days when you were in Dubai, mm. being in real estate. Like, how do you compare the two stages? 07, 08? Yeah. It was, it was very similar to right now, right? The only difference was that it went on for a long time. How long will it go on for this time? Let's see. I think it's going to go on for a while. I think Dubai has now got a good three years, two to three years of solid boom, right? Understand why. Now you have Expo coming up in October. October 21. Yeah. London's property boom started in 2013 and went all the way up to 2017. Four years, right? The catalyst for that boom was the 2012 Olympics. Mm -hmm. Why? Because your city gets showcased to a whole new group of people who wouldn't have normally seen it, right? Why is Dubai booming today? 
Why is the real estate market booming today? Because loads of people have come here who normally don't come. I've met people from the States. I've met people from Europe who are like, this is our first time in Dubai. Wow, it's amazing. So if you have a good product, as long as people see that product, they will buy into it. That's all that's happening. So when Expo comes, you're going to get millions of people from all over the world come and see Dubai who've never seen it before and understand the city's charm. The second thing is in the West, in Europe and the States, because of all the stimulus they've given throughout COVID, they're going to ramp up the taxes. Taxes are going to go through the roof because someone has to pay the bill. Yeah, these hundreds of billions which we plowed into the economy, someone's got to foot that bill. Who's going to foot the bill? It's the people with money. People making money, you're going to be paying the bill. And they're all the people that are now looking at, okay, where can we go? Where's another option where we don't have to pay so much tax? What can we do? And thirdly, apart from that, COVID has given a whole new perspective to people's lives. Like, you know, it's not just about, you know, I'm comfortable where I live. It's like things can go wrong. And when things go wrong, how will my government deal with it? And Dubai has shown that their government is very, very effective in dealing with crisis situations like this and getting things under control. So the Dubai, of the leadership Dubai won, the rest of the world nil. True, 100%. Also, we've been seeing uh, lots of French. Don't get me wrong, French has been coming here for the past three years. But nowadays, like we can say they are ranking maybe the fourth or the fifth Mm-hmm. between all of the categories of the investors in here. Also, we've been seeing lots of Spanish coming, lots of English people coming. Like the most affected cities in the world or countries are pouring to Dubai. They're saying, you know what, no more living in these crowded cities. It's about time to move to Dubai. There is no tax on purchasing the property. There is no tax on our income. It's super easy to set any type of business in here. Yep. You can have your business set, the license, the office in 10 days. Yeah. So the weather is amazing. Everything is beautiful. Why not? Well, see, that's the thing. And everybody that I'm talking to while I'm here, right? I talk when I'm out in restaurants, I'm bumping into friends, I'm meeting random people, just talking to them. And everybody's like, I came for five days, I came for one week, and I've been here three weeks, I've been here four <laughs> weeks, and I'm, I've just extended again. Yeah. Everyone keeps extending little by little. I know at least five people within my network, my direct network, who have relocated to Dubai in the last two months. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we see you soon also relocating to Dubai. <laughs> man, it was on my mind. It was on my mind. You know, I've been thinking, I was like, shit, man, you know. This place, you know, I've got a lot of business in Pakistan. It's an hour and a half flight for me to get there to Karachi, two hours to get to Islamabad, right? I'm in the center of the world, no tax, good weather, all the, it's basically Dubai has the best of the East in terms of hospitality and amenities and facilities, but all the facilities of the West at the same time. It's a perfect fusion between the East and the West, right? So when you go in the West, you get all the developed economies, but then you sacrifice a lot. Over here, you have both sides. So it's a very attractive proposition. Um, my only thing is that my, my oldest son, um, we lobbied very hard and used a lot of wasta to get him into like the, one of the best schools in, in, in London. Yeah. Uh, it's the same school where Prince William and Prince Harry went to. And he's doing really well at that school as well. Like he's like won the award for the number one in his class and all this. Yeah, he's nothing like me, which is great. (laughs) (laughs) He got the side from his mama. I don't know where the sides come from. But um, yeah, probably from his mama. And um, so for me, it's like, you know, when you have children in life, 
You don't have, you have children? No. Ah, uh, see, bro. I'm a wise man. <laughs> when you have children, in, when you have children in life, your life becomes yeah, about the I children. Know. It's not about you anymore. Every decision you make, they come first. That's why I'm always skeptical. I'm like, delay it, delay it, delay it. Yeah, delay it, delay yeah. It. It's, but it's a beautiful feeling, man. True. Because before you have children, um, you come to a stage in life where you kind of question, like, okay, it's great. Life's good, but what is the purpose of life? What, what am I doing here? You know, what is going on really, mm. right? And yeah, I'm making, for example, if you're into business, you're like, yeah, I'm making money and I'm spending money. I'm going to nice dinners. I'm buying nice clothes. I'm driving a nice What's car. Next? I'm going to all the vacations, but it's just a little bit meaningless. Like it's just lacks that depth. You're like, but yeah. what is there? When you have children, you tick that box off. Because your life is no longer about you. Now it's about your It's no your longer children. your life. Yeah. <laughs> it's their life. It's their life. It's, uh, but it's not, it's not forced on you. It's a decision you make. Of course. As a parent. It's not like, I mean, you've got a lot of parents who are bad parents who don't give a shit about their children. Right? But as a parent, you, uh, most people, they will make that conscious decision when they have children that now, you know, this is the most important thing in my life. So it's beautiful in that way, but it influences a lot of your decisions. If I was married and didn't have children... Um, 100% right now I would have moved here I'd be like yo we're here bro what we're doing that's it <laughs> done <laughs> deal done alright we've been seeing you flying a lot recently the best three months going to Karachi mm-hmm. uh, I know you have businesses over there you have new development tell mm-hmm. us how's the status over there how it's coming also <clears throat> like uh, Pakistan was really recovering very fast from the COVID it was like a miracle you know yeah like, yeah yeah we're seeing it, how they recovered quickly. And there's lots of huge companies are pouring into developments. I have lots of people reaching me, showing me projects. And Pakistan is like, that's the right time to buy. Man, um, Pakistan, firstly, to address the, the COVID situation, they dealt with it very, very well, uh, surprisingly. Um, was there an element of luck to it? Because the population is very young. They've got, I think, the second or third youngest population in the world. Mm-hmm. So something like 60% of the population is under the age of 30 or something, right? Something crazy like that. And you've got a big population, 220 million people. Um, they're also vaccinated against polio already, right? Literally all of the population is, yeah. most of the population is. Um, so some of those factors, maybe they played a part because it never really... Like COVID started, but it never really... Yeah, it hit like 4 or 5k a In a day, population was, of 220 yeah. million people. Whereas we look at India and Bangladesh, and our neighbors, 60, they, were, they were through the 60, roof. 60,000, 80,000. Yeah, and they're, yeah. They're, they're our neighbors, you know. Um, so I, I don't know how um, Pakistan managed it, but somehow, you know, they, they managed that and they did very well. Um, subsequently, because of that, Pakistan didn't have to close their factories. And India and Bangladesh lost out on a lot of orders, foreign orders on exports, especially garments, textiles, because between Pakistan, India and Bangladesh, if you put them together, they export most of the clothes in the world, whether you're buying Zara or anything, any other brand, Marks and Spencers, whichever brand they're made in these three countries. And Pakistan's exports, I just saw the report yesterday, uh, grew by something like 20% in the last quarter. So they've really capitalized on the opportunity. Real estate has always been a great business over there because you've got such a large population and for them, they're not very, I'd say, financially savvy. So they're not really investing in the markets. The capital markets are not very mature. So people don't put money into stocks and shares so much. All of the investment goes into either business or real estate. That's what they understand. 
uh, and you've got a huge population there um, and you've got a supply gap of quality properties. You've got generally you've got a lack of properties, about 100,000 properties each year, which we don't cater for. So you've got an undersupply. Yeah. But on top of that, quality properties are lacking. So that's something that I identified. And uh, we, we've bought a large parcel of land in the capital, which is around about uh, 625 acres. I think that's about 25 million square feet plus. So like a Dubai Hills type. Um, and we're launching a project there by the name of Islamabad Hills. That's going to be coming in Q1, Q2 of this year, the official launch. Apartments, villas, shopping centers, outdoor shopping mall, indoor shopping mall, 18-hole golf course. That's the long-term plan of the project. Uh, it's very exciting. You How know, long so, is it going to take you to hand over? Um, well, we've broken it down. Our first phase is about 50 acres. Over there, we talk in acres. I don't know what the calculation is between acres to square feet, by the way. But uh, 50 acres, in which we've got about uh, 700-odd apartments. Uh, we've got 50 villas. Um, and we've got 250,000 square foot outdoor shopping mall. Mm -hmm. That will be completed by 2025. And the rest of it as well, between 26, 27, I hope to complete most of it. Yeah. Mm. The house, like you, the sales has officially started? No. Okay. No. Sales will start probably around about April, May time. Okay, second yeah. quarter. The official launch of it, yeah. But it's, you know, it's been three years. Three years ago, we bought the land. Before we bought the land, we literally saw maybe 70, 80 pieces of land to find this one. It's the perfect location, half an hour from the middle of the city. Beautiful landscape. The hills are beautiful. I'll show you some of the uh, I've, I've been watching it. I've been watching yeah. a lot of it, yeah. It's beautiful hills. It's like... Really, really like. See, the first time I saw the brochure, I'm like, this is Maldives, man. Yeah, it it's, it's stunning, yeah. man. It's yeah, beautiful. It's like, People don't realize it's really beautiful. It took us a long time to find the land. And then it took a long time to go through the design process. So we've used, like, we've got WATG as our master planners. They're the world's largest architects and master planners for resorts. So, for example, they did the Atlantis on the Palm. They did the Shangri-La in Maldives. Mm -hmm. They did the Dream Hotel in downtown New York. They did the Nobu in Los Cabos. They are number one. And so we got them to do the master planning. Their team came from their London office to Pakistan, visited the site. They did that. Then we had Aralia, who are a British countryside landscape designer. They're exclusive for Barclay Homes, who are the biggest uh, developer in the UK, right? Luxury developer in the UK. They work on their projects. We brought them over to the landscaping. Um, we've then got a whole host of basically for the best foreign architects that we brought. It's basically Dubai's model. What did Dubai do? Dubai brought the world's best architects and consultants who'd built the best things in the world, brought them to Dubai and said, do your magic here. And that's exactly what we're doing over Starting there. Starting from Burj Al Arab to Burj Khalifa. Yeah. And yeah. that was it. Bring it it's, look, it's all about... The West has the knowledge and experience they've built their countries, they've done it. Bring the Especially best minds the of the West, bring them here, make them make it. So this project for me, um, you know, it's, by the way, over a seven, eight year horizon, it's over a billion dollars, right? Um, but it's not about just ROI. This project is about creating something iconic, right? Because I'm, I'm 35 years old, right? Quite early in, in a business journey, in a in, in business sense, I've got a long career ahead of me. This is a legacy project that I established my mark. That Look, this is 
what we're about. This is what we're going to do. So everything, like in the first phase of the project, we're only covering 22% of the land. 78% is open areas and amenities. Never been done before in Pakistan. It's the same standard as the best results in the world, right? Apartments, two-bed apartments, internal area. Everywhere in the world it's getting small. Our internal areas, our apartments are like 12, 1300 net areas on a two-bed apartment. You know, we've got three, four-bed apartments which are like 5,000 square foot, oh. you know? So we're going overboard. And you can't like, your price per square foot comes down because the market only has a certain appetite they can pay for it, right? You can't say that if a two and a half thousand square foot three-bed apartment is, let's say, two million dirhams, if you make that 5,000, you can't charge four million dirhams because the market won't absorb it. You can only make a marginal increase and that then you have to stomach as a developer. But for me, that's not the focus. The focus is to create something outstanding that no one has seen before in the country or in the region. In every single aspect, attention to detail is like the core focus. And that's why it took us two years for design and planning and to get the permission. And now we're going to be launching it in four or five months from now. So this is really like my... Maybe my life signature, work. like yeah, you feel the passion, yeah. like talking about it, you know. And since we've been talking, you always told me like there is a purpose for every human to be on this planet, and the purpose is to make it change for others. And yeah. now we see you like using all of your expertise when it comes to real estate as a package, and now you're delivering the best of the best. So that's something super noble. Something I really admire, and I'm sure lots of people admire, is like you came from Pakistan. You never forget where you came from, yeah. and now you're back to Pakistan to make a change in that well, life. There's, there's two things that I'll say to that, right? Number one is that I really feel that whether you're from Pakistan, whether you're from Africa, whether wherever you're from in the world, right? Um, the West takes the best talent, right? And we give back to the West. We pay taxes. We do business there. We do great business there. We, we invest there. We create jobs there. But we also have a responsibility for the country where we came from, right? Because if all the best talent goes away, then who's going to look after that place? Someone's got to go back there and do something, you know? So for me, and, and for me, businesses, like, I really honestly believe, and I love this generation, our generation, I love it because... You know, if you look at the generation before, they were very much focused on capitalism, like business in a way that is just about me. It's about me filling my pockets. Yeah. I love this generation we're in because people's mindset is different. It's like, I want to do great things that make money at the same time. I want to do sustainable business, right? Um, and that's what for me it's all about. It's about, I would rather have, let's say, for example, $100 in my pocket and my clients, my friends, everyone around me saying, you know what, this guy did something outstanding. He stands for something. He has principles. Then have a thousand dollars in my pocket and everyone say, what a fucking prick. Do you get what I mean? That's me. That's my nature. That's what I would rather do great things and give that extra bit. And in Dubai, I see that in like, for example, I see that in uh, Imar, right? They're not focused on the short term. They're focused on building a long-term company. That's why they focus on quality in their developments. Small things, you know, making sure that the quality is right, making sure they deliver good products, making sure they have great communities, you know. And in the long term, that's what gives dividends. You can fool people today to make a quick buck, but it's not long-standing. 
If you give people good value, in the long term, you're winning. So, aside of your project mm. in Pakistan, I know that you are a very tech guy. You're really into stuff. And mm. I know you have something you've been developing for some time. And maybe it's about time, so we know what's all about. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a new um, platform that I've been working on. Very excited about it. Um, I've been working on it for about six months now. Uh, I've invested in various tech ventures, but I haven't done my own startup. Mm -hmm. And I've just always wanted to do something that adds value. Um, but before I get into that, I just want to close the chapter about Islamabad Hills and Please. about, my, about my perspective on business and whether it's real estate development or anything else. If you look at a, a belt, yeah, let's say we take two belts. One is from Next, right? And one is from Hermes. The Next belt is uh, 100 dirhams, right? And the Hermes belt is 2,500 dirhams. Is it 2,000 dirhams? Yeah. 2,000 dirhams, let's say. So 100 to 2,000, which is a 20x difference. The quality in the product, the actual physical leather is negligible. Right. The, the, the leather is very similar. The, the leather, the difference is maybe 20 percent difference. Right. It's, it comes from the same cow at the end of the day. There's not there's not better cows and worse cows for leather. They're all fucking cows. Right. <laughs> so the quality in the leather is is almost similar. Right. So what, what makes the 20x price difference? What makes the 20x price difference is attention to detail that when Hermes creates the belt, every single stitch is perfect. Every, every curve on the belt is perfect. Attention to detail is the difference between good and extraordinary. And that only comes from the human eye. And no one can ever change that. No matter how much business changes and technology comes to the forefront, the human attention to detail is what people pay for over the odds because there's no price on that. That's what the main, most important, critical detail is in anything you do when you put attention to detail in the process that is when you create extraordinary products the tech <laughs> before coming to tech so you're talking about the the project uh, in pakistan what i'm saying is like you have done it differently you're putting lots of details and you're still charging very average price yeah like yeah. which yeah. is something like that's yeah. what i was listening to you it's like okay you're you're doing it perfectly. You're putting open spaces, malls, yeah, uh, houses. Yeah, yeah. So you, anyone can afford, if you want to yeah. live in a one-bedroom up until you mention a yeah. four-bedroom, five-bedroom, yeah. five that's the place to be and yeah. still in a very affordable prices, yeah, yeah. which I think is going to be like revolutionary for the industry all in all. I'll, I'll say it's, it's not necessary that we will always have those pricing, right? Uh, at the end of the day, we are a business. Uh, we are here to make money. We are here to make reasonable money, right? Right now, we're really, the way we're doing it is we're not making much money at all. But it's very important that uh, people make money with us along the way, right? So anybody who invests in the development, they make money as we go along. So we will always try and be, if my product is worth X, I will always sell it X minus one. When it goes to X plus one, then I'll be selling at X. Always I'm going to keep it one step behind what the market price should be. Mm. Right now we're not even one step behind, we're 10 steps behind where the market price should be. We just had a feasibility done by Colliers International 
uh, paid them huge money to come and do entire feasibility on the development. And the prices that we're expecting to launch at are about 40%, 40% below the Collier's valuation. Wow. Yeah. But for me, it's about, you know, right now where the focus is sell it as soon as possible, build it as soon as possible, get this showcase ready and wow everyone. And from there we can go. And interestingly, any all of the retail in the entire development, I'm building it all myself. Nothing's for sale, right? Only for sale is residential <coughs> elements because what really makes a development is the retail. Yeah, a nice apartment is great, but what makes it even more is the good retail offering. So we're building an outdoor shopping mall with a dancing fountain in the middle. And we're building it ourselves because we want to make sure we get the top retailers in there. We need to make sure we get the best restaurants in there. We get the best cafes in there because that is what creates the environment. So there's lots of amazing things. We've got a clubhouse we're building, 35,000 square foot clubhouse, right? We're building it ourselves. You've got restaurants in there. You've got like a, a party hall for children's birthdays or a wedding function or an engagement function. You've got a spa in there. You've got a huge gymnasium and every building also has a gymnasium, right? You've got that. You've got tennis courts. You've got paddle courts. Recently became popular yeah. paddle. You've got paddle courts. You know, so we've got so much that we're building over there to really make it something which hasn't been done there before. Usually with real estate, what people do is they make all the drawings and say they're going to do this and they're going to do that. Build they build the it. apartments because that's what they sell. And then they say, okay, we, we sell this to somebody else. We sell this to somebody else. They show that this, this boutique is going to be Louis Vuitton, but actually it's, uh, God knows, Debnams, you know, because the guy who's bought it, he just wants to rent it out. Yeah. So to retain that and to make sure we have the right proposition, I'm keeping all that control in our hands. So we're investing everything that's coming in. This development, the phase one, is neck on neck. The, the GDV is about 200 and something million dollars, 220 million dollars, 230. Everything that's coming out of it, every dollar is going back into it. Reinvesting in the development. In, back into the development, yeah. We wish you the best of luck of it. I'm sure I'm going to be following you it's on a monthly basis to yeah. see this stuff. It's very exciting. It is, it's, it's very it's very exciting. Yeah. 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 And you know me, I'm obsessed with real estate. It's not only in selling, also in development and seeing new stuff. So I really wish you the best of luck. And I'll have to, when, when uh, we uh, deliver the first apartments, uh, we'll definitely bring you out there. And I'm you hear this you. promise. That's a promise. Yeah. We're gonna when go we have there. the handover ceremony, I'm going to bring you out there. My trip, uh, my, on uh, my uh, my treats. I would love to. Thank you yeah. so much. Take me now for your new application. Let's go in details about it. It's something different, something new. First of all, what's the name of it? It's, so it's called Mentoric, right? So Mentor and then IK at the end. Yeah. Um, the reason we call it Mentoric is because it's just a bit of a catchy name. I, I hope it's a catchy name. It is. And um, we couldn't get any of the <clears throat> domains like just mentor.com or something. So we got Mentoric. It's cool, I think. It's quite catchy. And it's about helping people. You know, I get a lot of requests, um, like you probably do as well, from people who are, you know, young or not necessarily even young. They can be later on in their career, but aspiring. They want some guidance. They want some help. Uh, they look at people who've achieved things that they want to achieve and they want their guidance, which makes sense. You know, if, if, if I'm trying to walk, if I'm trying to drive from here to downtown Dubai and I'm trying to figure that out on my own, it's difficult. But if I sit in the car with you and you've been there and you tell me how to get there, it's, it's a lot quicker and easier, right? So that's the value of a mentor. But where do you actually find one? How do you get one? You know, I get DMs all day long from people, help me this, help me that. And I would love to, but I've got limited hours in the day at the end of the day. 
and what can you do? And there's thousands of people out there, millions of people out there who want the help and millions of people out there who can help them. This platform is bringing them together in one place. So we're going to have lots of mentors from all different categories, from acting to dancing to musicians to obviously entrepreneurship and business and real estate and sales and marketing. You know, literally the whole spectrum have big influencers and mentors on there and allowing people to connect with them directly on a regular basis. So you can schedule like a monthly uh, video conference call with that person or a weekly video conference call for a reasonable fee that makes it worthwhile for the mentor and makes it worthwhile for the mentee as well, where they can build a relationship and help the mentees achieve their goals. That's something beautiful. And I'm like, at least you're also helping people to filter out the fake gurus in our society where everyone became a coach. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like when you go one time to a gym, you do a session and the week after it, I'm a certified trainer. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or all of these people tell you how to make millions or life coaches who are miserable but just faking it on Instagram, yeah. renting the Lamborghinis and Ferraris, you know, and just seeing the life. So yeah, that's something really amazing. Yeah. And is it when is it going to be officially launched? Um, well, right now we're in the recruitment phase. Okay. Right. So we're recruit. We're recruiting the mentors. I think up to today we're probably we're gonna. The target is to reach a hundred mentors, solid mentors in multiple categories. Multiple categories. Yeah. Target is to get to a hundred. Then we launch. I think right now we're on about. 12 mentors we started recruiting like day before yesterday okay we're on about 12 mentors we've got another 88 to go i'm hoping that within a few weeks we'll fill it this is the most difficult time because you've got people who are successful they are um, influential they have big followings and you're approaching them about this platform which is not even live and saying would you be part of this so it's, it's, this is the, probably the toughest part. I think once we've got the platform live, we've got our first hundred people, people will see the value and it will just grow and grow and grow. But right now, this is the big struggle to get it from where we are now to get the first hundred people and get the site live. Because, you know, the thing about mentorship is, and it's not even just about like, it's not just about young people or teenagers want, ask, want help. I would have a mentor, right? If you've got the right person on there, I would pay very good money for someone who's ahead of me in the journey to help me. There's so many different areas in my life where, you know, I need help, even in business, even various things, right? Everybody can have a mentor. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're at. You can have someone who gives you an outside perspective, you know, who looks at your life impartially and says, this is what you're doing right. This is what you're doing wrong. And this is the small change you need to make to improve. Because often in life, we look at our own lives and we really overstress ourselves, right? With, we think our problems are really big. Where really it's small fine tuning we need to do and small little habits we need to change that make the biggest impact. But we can't see it. But someone who's from outside, they can in a minute look at it and be like, boom, one, two, three, change this. And tick mark all good because that someone has already made the mistake has wasted the time has did everything and he found the right formula yeah. so of course people shouldn't even mind paying money for it because if you want to learn it on your own you have to try from a to z yeah. until you find one method that will work it will save you a lot of time a lot of money by just picking someone 
It's yep. really an amazing and beautiful idea. How mm. did you come up with the idea? It was just because, because people just keep just texting people you keep all messaging the time. me all the time, man. If I go mm. in my DMs every single day, it's just like message after message after message after message of the same thing, right? Like, <clears throat> oh, I want to be like you. How do I be like you? I mean, I mean, that's a generalist thing to say, but yeah. everyone should be themselves and be the best version of themselves. But people saying things like that or... You know, I'm, I'm not sure what career direction to take. I want to get into real estate. I want to be an entrepreneur. How do I be an entrepreneur? How do I become successful in life? Should I do this degree or should I do that degree? Sometimes the question that you're asking yourself, should I do this degree or that degree? It's just the wrong question. You know, you need to ask what you want to achieve in life. Don't say, my parents are saying I should do accountancy and I'm thinking I should do maths. Which one should I do? Well, the, the question isn't, Accountants, your maths. The question is, you need to what ask you yourself, <laughs> what do you want What's to do? What's your passion? Yeah. 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 So all this kind of stuff. And sometimes it's difficult. Even if I take out two hours a day and say, I'm going to reply to everyone. It's not possible because you reply to them and you'll write out a whole reply, but it doesn't satisfy them. They, then then they will send you more. Back. Right? Then, then you're like, I'm deep diving into your life now. <laughs> <laughs> I've already done this part, you know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, guys, you know. Uh, so as much as you want to help people, um, there's a time cost element for everything, right? Um, you, for example, you might help someone and that may make them hundreds and thousands of dollars in their life. Millions, it could make them a millionaire. One thing you say to someone could spark something in someone's mind that could make them a millionaire. Right. But if I say to you, no, you should give that to free for everyone. There's got to be you've got your time. You can spend that on something else and make money for yourself and your family. Everyone else is everyone's trying to look after themselves and their family. Right. So if I'm asking you to give up your time to help somebody else, there's got to be a transactional value to that. Right. Because he's getting value from you. He's got to give something that makes your time worthwhile that you could spend on something else. And, and so it's just doing that. And we're going to be trying very be very fair with the pricing. We will recommend to the mentors what we think they should charge. Obviously, we can't decide for them. It's their decision at the end of the day. But we will recommend that, look, we think this is what you should charge. We have different categories. And let's see, hopefully, you know. Make it feasible between the two, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's uh, very uh, encouraging for anyone lost or trying to find his way in life mm-hmm. to talk to a mentor. Yeah. But this mentor, you have to... He's, he's, they're gonna suck up his energy. Yes. <laughs> they're gonna come to it him does. with so much negativity that he has, okay, stop here. Let me reset your mind. Let me tell you how to start speaking, thinking, what to focus on. So it takes a lot. I tried it before. They suck the life out of me. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's not yeah. easy at all. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because mm-hmm. I see life differently than when I saw it 10 years back. Mm-hmm. And maybe these people are in that stage. Yeah, so it's very hard to to change how they think about it. Again, we wish you the best of luck of Thank this you. one. It's a beautiful idea. I I really like it. I would love to download the app. They yeah. can only give me yeah. all of the credentials. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send you as soon as it's done. I'll send you it. Yeah, I think I'll I'll the the biggest tip I would give anybody in life though, if I was someone said give me one tip, how do I be successful? Right, the biggest tip I would give every anyone is. The first thing in my life when I started to see success was when I took full accountability of my life. What does that mean? That means, and you'll completely understand this, right? That means that anything that happens to me, I'm to blame. Yeah. Yeah. Not that 
You not know, your country, not your parents, not the luck, not my nothing. friend, you. my this, my that. Me, because the only thing I can control in this world is me. That's it. I don't have any control over what Anthony is going to do, right? If me and Anthony have an argument, right? I can't change what Anthony is going to do or what he did. What I can change is what I said to Anthony that made him have a certain reaction. When you start understanding that in life you can only control yourself and for everything that happens to you or has happened to you or will happen to you, you take full accountability, then you are powerful. Then you are powerful because you understand that you are in control of one thing and that is you and you take accountability. That's the one thing I would say to anybody who wants to, wants to become successful. Build this mindset. Through books, through videos, like everything is free nowadays. Yeah. Like I remember in our days, it, there was nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah. If, if we bumped into some video or some book, we're like, oh, we call our friends, read this book, it might change your life. Still remember the first, first book I read that has a little bit of a good mindset it was The Secret, mm. which we call it the 101 now. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, After everything yeah, we're yeah, reading, yeah. the secret was one one, but I'm like, oh wow, there's something different. Like mm. maybe that exists, maybe there is attraction, maybe maybe the you can control yeah. of your life. You know what I mean? So now everything nowadays it's on social media, it's for free. You have tons of people who already made it, they're verified, you know, they've mm. seen their success. Just look it up. What would you say is the top three qualities you see in successful people? First of all, is like willing whatever it takes. Mm. This this is like deep the burning one. desire. Yeah, like I mean, I remember days where I wasn't eating, mm. where I was walking seven kilometers to work, wearing a suit, carrying my laptop, and Dubai. Oh. And Dubai. In summer? In summer. Oh my God. And it was hell. I that was is coming. hell. I couldn't feel my knees. If it's hell on earth, that is hell. And you know what I was saying every night? I was saying, good. You deserve it. You burned all of your money on stupid shit. Now suffer. I was 30 years old. Mm. It wasn't young at, at 20s I'm doing it. So yeah, and I did it repetitively for six months. Until I got my first breakthrough, I still got the money. So I moved from using a metro to using a taxi. Hey. And that was like, wow, now, you know. And then I rented my first car, which was like, I can listen to music, you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I got it step by step. And the, but the, I was always saying, do whatever it takes. Number two, I always... I'll just interrupt you for one second. Yeah. I'll let you start again. I've had the exact same experience being in Dubai, not having any money, having to go to meetings, wearing a suit and walking in the summer from one place to the other. It is disgusting. Yes. It's the worst thing anybody can ever do. Yeah. I've all the, bro, it's bad. In a suit, standing outside for 15 seconds, waiting for your car is terrible. I've done those walks. Oh. See, I always had two, three shirts in my bag. So in case I reach, I'm full sweating. I change you my shirt change to shirt. at least look decent. You yeah, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. The second one, which I was telling you, is like I always recognize that everything I've done in my past life led me to where I am today. Mm. So I want to do everything differently. For example, when we used to be in school, we used to sit in the last row where the cool guys used to yeah, sit. Yeah, yeah, Those yeah, are yeah. all losers. Yeah. So I remember the first day when I went to Dubai Land Department to take my RIRA course, I sat on the first row. And I was looking at the teachers like, I want to listen to what you're mm. saying. Mm. So 
I knew that everything was a mistake. Now I need to change so my passion. Life. Yeah. So I've got, I've got grit, grit, which yeah. is just hard work. I'm not going to stop. Second is passion because the guy who's sitting in the back of the classroom is not passionate. Not the guy that. sitting in the front of the row, he's passionate. Yeah. So passion. And the third step, which really made me where I was really open to learn. Before I used to say, I know everything, fuck off, don't teach me, I know it all. Later stages, I was like, you know what, I am open, give me more info. So I switched parties by books. I didn't take vacations, I was like, you want to travel, pick a book and travel, go in your mind. And I started visualizing, and the more I was reading, the more I was feeling like, I'm a different human, I'm more chilled, I'm more relaxed, you know what mm, I mean? Mm. As, like changing the lifestyle is super uh, important in here. And then I got into exercising, which really elevated the difference in my life. Because for example, the day that I don't go to the gym early morning, mm. by 3 p.m. I'm gone, there's no energy. I had food, I wanna sleep. While when you work out every day, it keeps you pumping until 9, 10 p.m. You mm. have the energy mm. to do mm. stuff. So all of these steps will lead you to where you want to be eventually. And every day you will learn more stuff. You will evolve more. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see the same about you now exercising. <laughs> I think you lost maybe 50, 60. I lost <laughs> like, I lost uh, 96 to 86, 20 kg. 20 so kg like and four months. 37, 38 pounds or is it more? I don't know. Yeah. Like 20 kg, almost. But now I've gained again like 2 kg, but it's fine. Like, That's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. But I've been chilling, eating, but I still train every day I'm training. Yeah. And you, you did this this year, 2020, yeah. where it really hit and where every one of us were like, okay, we have to take care of our health. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because COVID came and the first lockdowns happened. And uh, I was like, you know, within the first one, two days of, I was like, okay, shit, this is serious. Everything's getting locked down. Nothing's happening. Everything's closed. I was like, what can I do with my time to be constructive now? Right. So I started doing exercising in the house right in my apartment in london i got all the equipment i bought a machine the uh, the cross trainer yeah. bought all the weights and i started training every morning one hour doing yoga in the morning la 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 just having a beautiful routine and i was like you know because for three years i'd focused so much on business that i neglected my body and i went from the weight i am now to putting on 20 kg in three years and within three months i burned it all off so just the mindset, I was like, I'm going to do this, cleaned up the diet and went for it. Mm. Tell me, Z, uh, what are we going to see is going to happen in the UK in the next six months? Now we know Brexit is done. Mm -hmm. We know that the country is in a really terrible situation because of COVID. And now we're in tier four. Hopefully it's going to loosen up uh, like a little bit. I know the economy is not going to be the same. Mm. So what do you foresee on the properties on the market happening in the UK for the next six months? You know, it's, it's very difficult to say um, because no one's... We've been through economic crisis before. We've seen that. No one's been through a pandemic. Nobody alive today has yeah. been through a <laughs> pandemic before, right? And there's one very unique circumstance that comes out of a pandemic is that people show a lot of resilience, right? And they, like when the lockdown was opened back in um, 
May. May last year in the UK it was open in May. I think May, June time, right? Around that time it was opened. Everything boomed. Real estate boomed. Retail sales boomed. Restaurants boomed. Everything was skyrocketed. Because people all of a sudden, you know, they were sitting in there, let's say, for example, a typical guy, he's 55 years old, he's got 250,000 pounds in his bank savings, you know, he's got a good income, good family, uh, he owns his house, he felt very secure. And now all of a sudden this COVID thing came and gave a new perspective to him in life that shit, I take all of this for granted, I feel very safe and secure with my savings and my house. But really, I could fucking COVID could come and wipe me out. And all this work that I've done to build up this this perfect life with lots of security around me, I could be gone. So I think people then started spending, you know, buying a second home, buying a bigger home, buying a holiday home. So, um, I mean, it's it's going to be an interesting year ahead. Uh, we're definitely going to see economic growth, right? Because the economies have been contracted so much, that as soon as things open up, we'll see a boom again and things will grow. Um, the government's done well to keep things under control with the stimuluses and their furlough packages and et cetera, et cetera. They've kept the economy going. And I think, you know, the, the worst is behind for the UK now in terms of, well, the worst is right now in terms of COVID, it'll be done in a couple of months. Brexit is now done too. And we can look ahead for, uh, you know, the, the next couple of years, one, two years will be recovery from COVID and from there forth back back to strong growth again. Good stuff for the UK. How about Dubai? What do you see for Dubai? Dubai, I think Dubai is going to emerge as one of the real winners from this pandemic. In every crisis, the order of power, the order of states, whatever you want to call it, it shuffles around. Things change, right? Every crisis is opportunity, the Chinese proverb. And I think Dubai is the country that has really capitalized on this. The government has handled the pandemic so effectively. It's shown that how this form of government can be so effective with dealing with pandemics and these sort of crises. The whole world is here right now. People who've never come to Dubai before are here for the first time. I've spoken to many of them. Many people I know are moving over here, right? They're moving because of Yes, how the country has dealt with the pandemic, because right now this is the only place in the world that I know of where life is normal. Things are carrying on whilst being safe as well. Right. And obviously tax now, there's going to be hundreds of billions of new debt has been created, which has been pumped in by the Western economies into their economies. Someone's going to take it back that. on a payment plan. <laughs> there's a payment plan coming post completion payment plan. Yeah. The next five, seven years, you know, people are going to be paying that bill uh, and tax. It comes to the people who are making money at the end of the day. Right. So a lot of people are going to be moving. And I think Dubai is really going to capture a big audience and a big market. And then you've got Expo. So all the market now is booming. Right. You walk into places, you, you deal with the sales offices, you go everywhere, you see the boom, you see the buzz. And now with that, you've got Expo 2021 coming, which is going to further showcase Dubai to a whole new audience of millions of people. So I see some great times ahead. The next two to three years, as I mentioned earlier, is going to be a great time for Dubai. See, and I still think, but I still think today, right now, is the transitional phase where the sellers and the developers haven't realized whether how big this is yet. And they're still stuck in two, three months ago. Yeah. You can still find the right opportunities today.
which are getting like the they're getting fewer very limited, and fewer and yeah. fewer. But you can still today with the right people, if you know the right people and you get to the right places, you can still find those golden nugget deals. Z, you've been on the hunt for properties for almost 10 days, two weeks. I've been looking for about three weeks, yeah? Yeah, so I have a very a specific question I wanted yeah. to ask you and I'm addressing this to all of the clients from the UK specifically because yeah. they all say the same stuff. Yeah. While doing your hunt, Z, did you find that there is an oversupply in the city? Oversupply of property? Not at all. Honestly, I didn't. I mean, look, there's, if you look at subprime, right? There's another thing with the UK people. The reason why they ask you about oversupply is because they're bargain hunters. They all want cheap stuff. Yeah. Right? In the middle of the desert, you yeah, know, where yeah. there's something. You but know, because I'm telling like, you, you were looking for they'll, prime they'll, properties. They'll, they'll, they'll be like, oh, you know, I want in JBR. And they're talking about those, the which ones? The, the yellow buildings. Yeah. Yeah. And they say, Shamas, oh, yeah, Shamas and all that. I can buy over there for a million dirhams for a three-bedroom. Why are you telling me the address JBR is five million for a three-bedroom? Yeah. It's a different proposition. It's a different product. It doesn't matter that it's next to each other, right? The, in Dubai, you can have two buildings next to each other. One building is double the price. The other one is half the price because the building's not so good. The views aren't so good. The management, the concierge, the quality, etc. That doesn't happen in the UK mostly. Like you have a price for an area and that's what yeah, it is. Or a street. So, yeah, street. Somebody might be 5-10% up or down, but that's what it is. Here it's not like that. So, yes, in low quality properties, you might have lots of supply and you might have issues selling but even or renting. But even in the worst times in Dubai, when you go back 2-3 years ago, when you said everything was down... Even then, if you went to rent or to buy something prime, which is the best building, the best unit with the best view, there's no discount. There's no discount on that. So always try and find what is the most desirable unit Buy that. You will pay over the odds. And the thing you had in your mind that I can buy JBR for 1 million, you won't get that, but you will get something which will sustain. You buy the thing that you buy cheap, And then I hope luck is on your side because you need it's luck. Gonna on your side. <laughs> it's gonna stay cheap. It's gonna stay cheap. And then no maybe escape. if you get lucky, the market will rise and you'll get out. But when the market goes bad, only prime real estate holds its value. Prime location, prime viewers, prime exactly. developer, prime brand, all of this stuff Everything. will make you hold and ask for what you want, not follow you the You find the prime location, then find the prime building. Then within the prime building, find the prime unit, the prime floor. When you tick all those boxes, there is only maybe five units of that specification. What is property at the end of the day? Supply and demand. When you have that super prime unit, regardless of there being a thousand units in that area or 400 units in that building, there's only five of those super prime units. You are in a limited space where there's limited supply. You will always have value. G. Thank you so much for coming today. Amazing, This bro. I love, I love talking to you all the Thank time. Thank you for hosting It's always me, bro. inspiring. And hopefully in the next quarter, we will see you again in Dubai. For sure. We can go through stuff. We see what's been happening to you. Thank you so much for Thank coming you, on bro. this episode. Thank you all for watching or listening on the Apple podcast. Stay tuned. We're coming next week with a new start.